Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers. We've got author Dan Wells on the line with us talking about his book, Ones and Zeros, which is the sequel to Blue Screen. Hello. Very uh, poetically said, Dan. Yes. That was just I know. beautiful. I know. I, I, I'm a little nervous because I actually wrote up questions this time, which I normally don't. So. It seems like that would make you less nervous. No, no. no for no, me, no. It's, I'm, it, I'm more nervous. Dan, you should see it. He's wringing his fingers right now. He's kind of hunched <laughs> over, kind yep. of like, uh, like Gollum. I know. My precious, I must ask you the questions. Yes. <laughs> He's excited. He's very excited. So, Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Where did the, cool. I, where did the idea for this series come from? The entire Mirador series? Yes. So... I was living in Germany at the time, and first of all, I've been a fan of cyberpunk forever, and I've always wanted to write some, and because I think it's great, and there should be more cyberpunk in the world. Yes. But anyway, I was living in Germany for two years, and so I, I was staying on top of all of the travel news, and about passports, and about visas, and about everything. And so I got an email from the State Department, because I was on their mailing list, that said, that video gamers were now eligible for athletic visas. This would have been four, four and a half years ago. Um, like the same athletic visas that swimmers and basketball players and, and stuff get, like physical athletics. And I thought that was so mind-blowingly cool. Like, that is interesting. I didn't think that was a thing. I didn't think that could happen. I actually but, didn't know about that till you just said that, and now I'm excited. I'm no, I'm like, I want to apply for one. We need to get one now. <laughs> yeah. And that's so cool because of what it says about the world we live in and about the way that virtual worlds and real worlds are combining and, and, and melding together. And so I thought, that's such a cyberpunk idea. Somebody should cyberpunk that up. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I really didn't know anything about esports. I played Counter-Strike forever when i was in college but didn't realize that it was like a sport yeah and so the more i looked into it the more i studied the more i realized this is super super cool and you know so came up with that idea of a group of you know semi-pro esport video game players who are also hackers so that i could do both sides and i could show all of this virtual reality video game stuff but then also 
all of the other funky computer in your head, digital drug kind of stuff that I wanted to play around with in, in the broader umbrella of cyberpunk. So that's where it came from. Nice. So now I have to ask, what research did you do? Did it Was it just playing video games or... Hold on, hold on, Dad. That's not just playing video games. It is yeah, there, committing yourself. Yeah, there was yourself. a lot of playing video games. <laughs> I'm just offended by and the word just. That's my problem. Because the word that, that's, just that's was a, a little... The world recognizes this as a discriminatory, sport. I think. Okay, sorry. So we'll, we'll backtrack so what was, that. What was really fascinating to me was that I posted something online, Twitter or Facebook, where I said that I was looking into this and then that esports were so fascinating and that I'd started to play League of Legends. Yeah. And then I had people that I had known forever crawling out of the woodwork all of a sudden to tell me that they were these hardcore League of Legends people or that they'd done Counter-Strike professionally and like all these really cool things and people that I got to interview. And so I got to do a lot of, of in-person kind of um, interviews, which was great. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting that, you know, these games, which... Have were originally designed for kind of fun and recreation have now become a sport. And That's true, but I think you could say that about pretty much any other sport. Yeah. You know? well, at, I, at, at some point, we were just throwing a ball around because it was fun, and then some caveman said to another caveman, you know, I bet I could kick this ball between those trees, and I bet you can't stop. And, you know, we... Games are inevitably what turns into our competitions, I think, because that's what makes them enjoyable. Yeah. And 20 years later, we have the NCAA. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, it's, it's just fascinating that someone can put that on their resume or whatever and say, yeah, I, I'm a pro uh, League of Legends player. I, yeah. I would Which love. Which is great. And, uh, you know, League of Legends and Dota together, they form, I mean, there's tens of millions of dollars just in their championship matches, let alone all of the other leagues leading up to them. So anyway, I really got to play with that world a little bit, and, and it was a lot of fun. So how long after Blue Screen ends does this uh, new book pick up? Well, the short answer is not very long. Okay. The, uh, the bigger answer is that it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things spoiler. I tried to do with the Mirador series is to make the serialization disappear. Mm. In part just because I hate going to a book signing or you know meeting someone and they say, oh, what's your newest book? Can I read it? And I'll have to say, well, it's this one, but you've got to read two other books before it makes any sense. You know, and that's kind of where I am with John Cleaver right now. I've been doing Cleaver for so long. Book six comes out this summer. And that's a very hard sell. And so what I wanted was a series where you could jump in on any book. I really love the idea, um, you know, getting back to, to the old days of television where you wouldn't have to binge watch everything in order and you could just happen to be home the night that X-Files was on and watch an episode of X-Files and maybe it was a myth arc episode or maybe it was just this random little one-off that was a cool story unto itself. Yeah. And so Mirador's built around that model. You can read the books in any order, but 
if you read them in order, there's a little extra for the dedicated fan who's who's tracking the arc behind it. Nice. I, I like that because, like you said, you can just pick up the book and read it without having to know the backstory. Um, so that makes it a lot more fun, for at least for me. So, um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of a... I was just about to say a Dan Wells virgin. I, I'm, I haven't <laughs> read any of the books yet. So, um, do they follow the same the same characters? Yes. Okay. They do indeed. Uh, the main characters are a group of teenagers. There's five girls who are the uh, the gamers, and then they've got kind of these handful of other people that orbit around them. You know, boys and things that they like, but. Uh, yeah, so it's just the same characters, and so think of them as, like I said, of, of TV episodes, or, or of, I guess, really long, like, Sherlock-level TV episodes. So the first book is about a digital drug. Uh, everyone has a computer in their heads, and that's how they get on the internet, that's how they play games, that's how they do everything, and someone invents a drug that interacts with that computer directly, and so it is allegedly, you know, not harmful or anything, but, you know... It's called Blue Screen, so the book's named after it, so it's something's probably going on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the second book, the one we're talking about, is called Ones and Zeros, and that is about a video game tournament. I wanted to actually get in and do a real tournament because I thought that would be fun, and so the book kind of turned into a sports movie in that sense, but it is also simultaneously a heist. Oh. Uh, the tournament is being sponsored by an evil mega corporation and they decide that as long as they're in there they're gonna hack in and steal some stuff from them so it's a sports movie heist starring a group of teenage hackers and it's super awesome so pretty much it's oceans 11 with a sports movie <laughs> mashed yeah. up together okay video games yeah video except, games. In, except they're all like it's all know. video games yes yeah all right so I have to ask the question, is it more difficult writing teenage girls than it is, say, like John Cleaver? Because, uh, you know, in the Partial series, the main character was a girl, and now these characters are predominantly girls. Is it just, is it easier or difficult? Um, at this point, it is, I don't want to say easy, okay. but it's comfortable for me, because um, I've already done the three Partials books, so I've done the... the, the teen girl YA thing um I enjoy it I think that the way that I write the teenage girls they feel you know they they, they feel like girls that you read them as girls I have a lot of readers who tell me oh you know this is exactly like me or my friend or this is like me when I was younger um but I one of the th <laughs> one of the things that I think separates me probably in a bad way from a lot of YA authors that I suck at romance plots. Uh, my books are not nearly the level of romance that a lot of YA readers are looking for. And that might be because I'm coming from the opposite gender, or it might just be because I'm no good at it. Uh, but I think that if I tried to write a really good meaty romance story then the gender difference would stand out more but as it is it's basically just an adventure story yeah that happens to have girls instead of boys and at that level there's really not a big difference i mean we're all the same and we all want the same things so it, it works really well yeah 
Now, uh, what difficulties, I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit, but what difficulties are the characters going to face throughout the heist and, and video game tournament? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so. Without giving the, too much um, away, of course, right? I don't know how to. I don't know how to tell you this. I'll, okay, here I'll, I'll I'll spoil. It's okay. We'll just say spoilers, scene, and now our, okay? our listeners know. Yeah. I'm going to spoil one scene, but it's very early in the book. So, Marisa, the main character, she's already trying to hack into this big corporation because she thinks that they might have some information that she wants. Yeah. But hacking is hard, and I try as plausible hacking as I can. Um. And so she's basically just camping out in a restaurant nearby, watching data stream by and hoping that she can find a way in. So anyway, while she is is looking around in a part of their system that she's managed to get into, she realizes someone else is already in there and is not being as careful as she is and is setting off all of the red flags and all of the alarms. And so because a different hacker is screwing things up she almost gets caught oh wow and uh so first of all the corporation sends a guy after her who is this big kind of cyborg he's heavily been reconstructed and he is overclocked i and uh, i that's another term i picked up from from esports where you can overclock your computer so that it performs much faster at the risk of melting down yep so this is a, a human being who's been overclocked and he's faster and he's stronger um and he was a really fun kind of menacing <laughs> evil henchman guy that chases them and is this relentless, unstoppable force. Uh, meanwhile, while she's running away from that guy, she also runs into the other hacker who was messing around and who's her whole thing. And it turns out that he and his partner are what's basically cyber terrorists. They're trying to bring the company down as well. And so... A lot of the story, a lot of the conflict comes from these guys want the same thing that we want, but their methods are very different. Can we trust them? Should we work together? Can we risk working apart? And meanwhile, there's this big overclocked thug chasing after him. It, it's uh, it's really fun. Wow. Sounds fun. Like I, d- I enjoyed the first book. I, ha- I haven't got to read the second one, but I really enjoyed the first book. Uh, it's very interesting. When the guy melts down, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because I haven't read the book. I can't say that. But like that, just that's get that that. that you want to see this guy like, melt we'll down? Yeah, yeah. Like he's talking. I I can only imagine it, and it it it's hilarious. His brain just melts and it starts oozing out his ears. No, no, no. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for the violent portion. I'm looking <laughs> at more of the comedy, like a computer when it starts melting down, because it like all of a sudden will freeze, and oh. it'll go. Uh, 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 I don't know. It just it sounds like, and then maybe smoke pops out of his ears. Like I don't know. I'm just I'm a comedy guy. But that's that I. I you know. Want you to know see what? I, I I can't promise that that he overheats and melts down. <laughs> but but yeah, you will get a moment kind of like that at one point in the book. Yeah, he's doing a dance. <laughs> so, what was your favorite character to write in this book? In this book, my favorite was actually Fang. She's a Chinese girl who's in the first book. She's one of the ones on the team. She's one of the core five girls. Um, One of the fun things about it is because of the Internet and because everyone has the Internet, like, literally installed into their skull, 
distance is really meaningless in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so three of them live in Los Angeles, and they're all best friends, but their two other best friends are on the other side of the world. There's one in Beijing and there's one in Mumbai. And they can talk to each other pretty much constantly. Uh, the only thing they can't do is see each other in person. But in this book, they can, because there's a tournament, so they fly them in, and all five girls are together. And Fang, who is on the team, she is the smart aleck, assassin, kind of sassy one. Yeah. In real life, she's not like that at all. And she's very different. And that was a lot of fun to write those differences and the way that the other girls try to interact with her. Someone that they've known for years but have never actually met. And and to, to play with that dynamic was pretty cool. No, I, I like that because, you know, you get on these games and you, you hear these individuals being, well, some are rude, some are a lot worse than that. And then you get face-to-face with them, and they're, like, quiet and shy, and you would never know that was the same person. The same thing about message boards. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Who we are in real life is often very different from who we are online, despite the fact that the world increasingly is real life. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So you guys got some questions? I feel like I'm throwing them all out here. You're the one who's really excited. I'm the one who's intrigued by the cyborg that's overclocked. Like, honestly, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all this because it, it's, it sounds like an incredibly fun book. And uh, if only it had been released in February, so it's available right now. To it order. is available now. I know, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> Readers, listeners, Scott's sarcasm is not up to where it should be. <laughs> Apparently, he needs to learn more. That's okay. So, all right, let, let's ask, we're kind of, let's ask some get-to-know-Dan questions. So, what is your favorite breakfast cereal? I know this is Scott's favorite question to ask. Uh, is Quaker Oat Squares. Quaker Oat Squares. Quaker Oat Squares. All right. All right. I, I don't really like sweet foods. If no. something tastes like sugar, it just kind of makes me nauseated. Oh, interesting. So, Quaker Oat Squares is kind of sweet, but doesn't taste like sugar. Yeah. Hold and on. I love it. It's, it's always been my favorite. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What flavor? Because this is very important, Dan. This, this... It is important, because there's many flavors. Yes. Original flavor. Yes! Absolutely. Congratulations, Dan. You are not a cereal killer. <laughs> <laughs> there's a maple flavor, and I don't know why they invented it, but it is the most atrocious thing ever. It it, it probably well, does really good in the Canadian market. I, I kind of like the maple one. Ah! <laughs> Certainly more than the cinnamon one. And removing the book from the Amazon <laughs> checkout. Oh, wow. All right. No, it's cinnamon. Cinnamon's the bad one. Cinnamon's the bad one. I'm sorry. I, I, where am I? It's been like two years since I've had it, but it used to be my favorite cereal, too. So okay. Original's still the way to go, but you're right. Cinnamon is the bad one, so I, yep. I, I have to repent. I was wrong. Look at that. Put it back in your shopping cart. All right. Back in the shopping cart. It's in there. What was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Oh, man. Um, that is a hard one to pin down. But do you guys remember one called Tiger Sharks? I do. I remember them. I'm way too Yeah, it was kind of like a, a nope. Thundercats ripoff. Yep. Where they had a like a submarine, and if they passed through this portal in the bottom, they would turn into fish people. Yep. I loved that show. <laughs> I think it was on at the same time around uh, Silverhawks, too. Yeah, 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 Silverhawks was great. I'm sorry, and this is called Tiger Sharks? Yep. Tiger Sharks, it was, it was, the, it was the best. 
I'm speechless. <laughs> I have no yeah, idea what. I've never heard of it or seen it. That's funny. Yep. It was out in 1987? It was. Wow. Where were I, you, Scott? Well, apparently I was watching the real Ghostbusters. I don't know where I was with <laughs> Tiger Sharks. Uh, it, it was Turtles? really short-lived. Yeah. It definitely was. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap this one up for ones and zeros. It's available now. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, pretty much any bookstore, uh, it's available there. So go pick it out up. Uh, you don't need to pick up Blue Screen, but if you want, certainly do so, and uh, Dan won't mind. I will not mind at all. All right. With that said, uh, we're gonna wrap the show up. It's morphin' time. Nailed it. First try.